You know, you, you hear many different people get different phrases for, for the year. And uh, somebody said, well, how can there be so many people getting different things? Because you hear one and he'll say this about 24 and this one. And well, the reason is because when they're praying, the Lord is speaking to them their self. Now, if you want to pick up on that, that's all right too. As I was praying and asking about this year, I got the, I, last year, I got, we were, we were, we were going to thrive rather than survive. And this year I got more, more in 24 is what I got. If you want to hook up with that, that's fine too. You'll probably hear several different ones that get stuff. And, uh, I believe that, uh, when you get something like that, the Lord is speaking to you about yourself, but you can tell other people. And if they want to hook up with it, they can. How many agree with that? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. And as I was thinking about the new year, I was thinking about a better year and a better life. And, uh, I got to asking questions. How do, how do, how do people feel about last year? Was it worthwhile? Were they satisfied or were they not satisfied? And I got to thinking about what, uh, what could happen that make, that would make you feel like next year is better. And, you know, I, as I was thinking about, uh, you know, if you had a complete makeover, lost some weight, got married, made more money, maybe go on a second honeymoon with your lover. If your kid, if your kids would just act better, if you could get a promotion at work, all these are probably okay. But I don't think that is the main thing that will cause you to have a better year or a better life. So I want to share a little bit that way today. Now I got, I got it really early today. So uh, we're going to get out early today because you know, I only go about 30 minutes anyway. And so uh, we got it early today so we can get out early today and everybody likes that idea. Say amen. amen. <laughs> hey, we can beat the rest of them to the restaurant. <laughs> oh boy, somebody really liked it. <laughs> to have a great year and a great life, you need to develop the attitude of giving. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8 in the King James Version, it says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according to his purposes in his heart, let him so give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you for you always having all sufficient in all things may abound in every good work. Now I realize these verses right here, we're talking about giving of an offering, but I think you can use them in other areas also. We should develop a lifestyle of giving. We should be known as givers. How many of you have ever had somebody that 
they were always, they were a taker, but never giving. Hello. You know, as a teenager and finally got a car in my middle of my senior year in high school. And, you know, I got to noticing that there's a lot of, some of your buddies, you know, they're always wanting to, wanting to go with you and go, hey, let's, let's all, let's all like out of town football game. Hey, let's all, let's all, Hagen, let's go to the football game. And I said, well, okay, come on all, let's go. But you know what I, I They never, now some of the guys did, but there was some of them, they never offered to help pay for the gas. And I noticed in other, we, you, you go out to eat with them and they, were all, they never offered to pay. They always, you know, that, that's a taker and not a giver. You know, we need to, li- to get a lifestyle of giving. Giving of our time, giving of our talents, our money. A lifestyle of giving will put a smile on your face. Hello. A lifestyle of giving will make you, God will bless you. My dad said, always told me, he said, son, never, never pray, God bless me. Pray, God, make me a blessing and you'll be blessed. I heard that from him many, many times. I believe a lifestyle of giving will lead to a great year and a fulfilled life. Now, I would suggest to anybody that seems frustrated with what's going on in their life, start giving and see what happens. Things will change. Things will change. You know, I I look for opportunities to give. And, you know, um, talents, time, money. You know, I, I have a... I have some some of my buddies that I went to, well, one of them that's still alive, went to Bible school with, and uh, he, he, his ministry was mostly a music-type ministry with little exhortations, and, but, you know, most churches don't want that anymore. They don't want that style of music, and so I've been able to, to send him an offering every once in a while because he's not getting very many opportunities to go out and speak. That's an opportunity to give to somebody. You know, uh, Lynette and I, uh, we just here recently, I don't know, not very long ago, we sitting in a restaurant and we just paid for somebody's meal that we saw over there. You know, uh, the world would uh, say that, uh, you know, climb the ladder of success. You know, if you can be, make a lot of money and have a lot of influential friends and run in the right circles and all that, and all that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know what? I've seen some people that are very, very wealthy, and yet they're they're the most saddest and unfulfilled people that you're going to find anywhere. Now, you're all getting quiet on me there now. I'm not talking about that you shouldn't have some finances, but finances, money is not going to make you happy. 
You know, the Bible says that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Hello. When you become a giver, you will position yourself for a great life and a better year every year. You know, a giver. Man, a giver is somebody that's giving everything they got to whatever they're doing. You know, if you're, you got some talent or whatever. You know, I had a coach tell me one time, said, Hagen, you play because I can count on you to give me everything you got when you go out on that field. You know, some, some guys don't do that, but you need to, you need to give everything that you have within you, talents, time, money, whatever. And they need to be able to write underneath your name, giver. Now, how do we become a giver? Well, the first place we need to become a giver in is develop a regular pattern of giving to the Lord, to the local church. Okay? And you can give offerings otherwise, but tithe comes to the local church. My dad always used to say, the tithe comes to where you're getting fed and the offerings go to other people that, that's giving you things. You know, I want to encourage you to develop a pattern of giving. I developed this way back when I was, because I learned it from my dad, way back when I was five years old. Grandpa, my, my papa, my mom's dad, uh, he would, him and grandma would come to visit and, uh, and he'd give me 50 cents. Well, I'd run to dad and say, you know, and what's my ties? And he'd give me a nickel and I could hardly wait for Sunday morning to drop that nickel in the plate. And I've been, I've been paying ties ever since then. And it pays dividends. Now I realize there's some people in this modern day that's talking about, well, there's nothing, nothing about ties in the New Testament. Let me tell you something. Ties come before the law ever came. Ties came way back when Abraham paid ties to Melchizedek, who is a type of God. We need to realize God says, hey, let me have 10%. You got 90% and I'll bless it so much that you won't ever know that, it's, that, you, that you give it. Hello. That's the way you need to look at that scripture. He said that he'd open up the, the windows of heaven. You know, there are a lot of times people criticize if you talk about giving. Well, that's all the church ever does. Talk about giving, talk about giving. Well, you know what? We, hadn't, we haven't pushed anybody to give. We haven't taken any special offerings. We haven't asked for any pledges. And we've received over $2 million. We've spent it all re, redoing and refurbishing this building. And it all become because people are willing to reach in their pocket and give a little extra, whatever they've got to give, whether it's, whether it's 50 cents or $50 or $500 or $5,000, whatever it is, if everybody giving. You see, if everybody would give like they're supposed to give to the church, there'd be no problems. Oh. 
Now, there's two things that people get quiet about. My dad said this. My father, I was with my father for six years. He said the same thing. You start talking about people's pocketbooks or their kids, and they shut down on you. <laughs> and both of them need to be talked about from the pulpit. <laughs> oh, I better go on before I get in trouble. You know, there's a, an example of what I just was talking about, people griping about the church, always, well, we could do this with the money. We could do blah, blah, blah. Well, in John 12, there's an interesting story. A woman took and oh, it's my mic. Something's not working right there. Something's loose. We'll, I'll try not to, to make it do that. Interesting story. A woman took some real expensive perfume and she took it and broke it open and anointed Jesus' feet with it. And immediately, old Judas Iscariot, he immediately criticized the waste of that expensive perfume. Could be sold and the money given to the poor. Well... If you read his story, he can charge all the money. I don't know whether it would have got to the poor or not. But anyway, we'll go home. That's, that's another sermon to preach. And, you know, many times people out of the church, in the world, they don't consider giving to God uh, very valuable at all. They think it's a waste of time giving your money to the church. They think it's a waste of time to even come to church. You know, many people will say, I can't believe you give 10 or 15 or 20% of your income to the church. To me, that's your wasting your money. I've heard people say that. I don't think you're wasting your money. I think, you're, I think you are making an investment in which you will get a huge return on. Everybody's looking. I mean, it's good in life to have investments. It's good to invest in stuff and you get dividends from it. But I'll tell you what, investing into God and the things of God will bring more dividends than anything else you can invest in. You know? <laughs> You know, you look in Matthew 26, and now that story's in John 12 I was talking about, but you look in Matthew 26, and Jesus said, the woman that poured the perfume on Jesus' feet said, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, she, she has done, what she has done will also be told in her memory. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? The things that the world calls wasteful, we can realize they are very valuable. What can you give that has eternal value more than your time, your talents, your money, your encouragement? Come on. Now, as we look at this, a second way that we can prepare for a better year and a better life 
is to develop a habit of giving to others. You know, in the world, man, I mean, people have road rage. It's dog eat dog. Everybody's trying to climb the top of the ladder. And if you get in the way, they're going to kick you down to the bottom if they can. You know, but we need to learn to be kind to people. You know, build somebody up rather than kick them down. I've seen people because somebody in the, in the department got a promotion and they were all, they started talking about how bad they were. I don't know how they got that. I'm a whole lot better off. I'm a whole lot better than they are at this job. I should have got the promotion. Hey, be glad for them. Then your promotion will come. But if you're going to talk like that, you're not going to get promoted. Hello. Now let's look at Galatians 6. Galatians 6 and 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to the please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit, from that spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Robert Schuler said, it would amaze us how many people we could influence for Christ if we would just treat them nicely. Come on now. Everyone has something that they can give. Money, time, a smile, a hug, a helping hand. Lynette, she came home Friday from she'd gotten her nails done and she came home and she said you know I had the opportunity I, I was the lady that was doing her the, there was another an, el, uh, an older lady elderly lady I guess that uh, was sitting there and she was very you could tell she was just down and so as Lynette got up to leave she began to talk to her and found out that she had lost her husband just a year ago and that they had just found out that her grandson had died. And so Lynette was able to talk to her and, and, and so forth. But she started to leave and she turned around and said, can I give you a hug? And the lady said, oh, yes. And so Lynette gave her a hug. And that lady said, oh, you have been such a blessing. All she did was just try to encourage her and give her a hug. Did you know what? A pat on somebody's back and say, hey, you, you're going to make it. It's going to be all right. That will help them many times. My father-in-law used to say this to me when I was going to the hospital to visit church members and so forth. Hey, son, they don't need another scripture. They probably know more scripture because I was young then. I was 27, 28, 28, 20 nine years old said they they probably know more scripture than you've read anyway he said what they need they need somebody to encourage them they need somebody that will speak encouraging words to them you know sometimes we think we have to do this that or the other and sometimes just a pat on the back you can make it is more of a blessing to 
to them than if you'd give them a thousand dollars. Hello. Come on now. You remember old Peter and John over in Acts? Peter said, I don't have no silver or gold, man. I know that's what you want. But what I do have, I'm going to give you. What did he have? He had Jesus, the healing power of God. Sometimes that's what you need. You know, Terry Bradshaw, most people know who he is, especially if you're into sports. He was a great quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, because they beat my Cowboys every time. But he was inducted in the Football Hall of Fame. And at his induction, he mentioned if it hadn't have been for the other players around him, he wouldn't be standing there where he's at. You need to realize that you can help somebody else get up. But do you want, when you're helping somebody else, you're also helping yourself. See, they helped, they helped him become a great quarterback, but at the same time, they won the Super Bowl too. They got the money too. They got the ring too. Hello. You see, if you give the love of God, that's something that you can give that money can't buy a person. As, in fact, there in the New Testament, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Whoa, now it's getting really quiet. I better get on something else so I get more amens. <laughs> you know what? If you want to have real satisfaction, give somebody something and watch the expression on their face. I don't know. It's been a while back now. I can't remember. <laughs> Anthony says, I'll, I, we, uh, Anthony, I'll, uh, Anthony Washington, he'll say, He'll be on the road. He'll say, uh, Pastor Hagen will say, oh, a couple of years ago, about 1975. <laughs> and that's sort of the way it is with me. But anyway, I don't know. I just felt like to give a person, I can't even remember who it was now, $100. So I, and I had one in my pocket. And because my dad told me, son, Build up your build up an account where you got a hundred dollars on you at all times, because the Lord may want you to bless somebody, or you may need it to get out of town when they don't give you an offering for your preaching. <laughs> One time I had to do that. <laughs> That's the only way I could bought any gas. But I just felt impressed to give this person. I, I shook hands with them and left it in their hand, and. A while later, they came to me and they said, oh, thank you so much. You don't know how bad I needed that. Now, you know, my first thought was, hey, they don't look like they need any money. Don't ever do that. If you feel impressed to minister finances, love, a hug, buy somebody something, don't even question it. Just do it. Develop a lifestyle of giving. 
Okay? You know, as we enter in this new year, I want to encourage you on this first Sunday of the new year, people talk about making new resolutions and most time they make a resolution and never even keep it. But I want you to make a resolution that you are going to develop the lifestyle of a giver and your name underneath your name, they are going to print the word giver and accomplish it. You can do that by finding someone today to minister love to or to give by their meal, do something. But purpose in your heart that you are going to be a giver and start giving. Heavenly Father, I talked to these people just for a few moments on something that I think that is a very important part of the Word of God, and that is giving. Help us all to realize that we have more to give than we realize. May we all become a giver and develop the lifestyle that says giver. I thank you for it in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen.